welcome to Burning the Edge. We would like to welcome to the tea our host, Mr. Arthur Miller Jr. So we want to uh, welcome to the tea. We got Matt Miller and Jody Baird on here. Y'all doing all right? Yes, sir. Good. So, good Matt, I got to. Always I, good to be with you. I got to start with you, man, because uh, we got to get to know you a little bit better, man. We got to meet Jody, and uh, Jody told his uh, he told us he's an attorney by trade. So, what do you do by trade? Yeah, I'm definitely not an uh, attorney. So, um, own a digital uh, media marketing company, and so do a lot of social media management, website design, uh, ad placement, things like that, and. You know, we've uh, started this part-time business called the Amateur Players Tour that um, <laughs> is pretty much the full-time gig <laughs> these days. Yeah, it started out as being part-time, huh? Something like that. I Something. mean, you know, any any part-time job that you love is never part-time. And, right. Uh, this is certainly no different, but we're we're really excited. Uh, you know, last week we hit our three-year expansion plan. Uh, we only budgeted out our business plan for the first three years when we initially did it. And, we hit it in like six months and four days, and uh, it's been been quite a ride. And so, hopefully, you know, we'll get through the North American Championship, and then I just want a week to sleep. That's all I want. <laughs> Y'all seem to be gone like pretty much every weekend, man. I know you're not married, though, are you, Matt? I uh, might as well be. And oh, I gotta okay. be careful because uh, she's in the room listening. So, <laughs> uh, no, no. But thankfully, uh, she actually works in the. <laughs> she works for the tour. She does a lot of the back end operations, do, does a great job. And so we get to spend a lot of time working together during the day, which is nice. But yeah, this weekend's actually going to be my first weekend home for the entire weekend since like February 6th. That's crazy, man. So it took a weekend off and uh, just, you know, I'm starting to focus on getting things ready for Pinehurst. Yeah. Uh, making sure that rollout's good. So Jody's still on the road traveling somewhere. He's going to be in Iowa this weekend, I think. And um, but yeah, I'm going to be, I'm home. Uh, I get two weekends at home and that's it. So and it's back on the road. So, so what states have y'all not hit this year? Cause I mean, I think y'all been pretty much everywhere. There, there's only one chapter that we've not yet visited between the two of us, um, and that's Virginia Capital. Uh, and I think North Northern California too. So there's two chapters, but we we've, we've got uh, NorCal pretty much set up at the end of this month. Uh, Matt and I will both be out to Reno for the uh, Stableford Challenge out there uh, at Lake Tahoe. So. Um, Virginia Capital is the only one left, and and we're looking at several dates in, in August. I've I've had a couple of opportunities to go up there, and this ended up with, uh, you know, schedule changes and moving around to different things. It's a little bit easier for me to get up to that part of the country than Matt, being where he's located. Um, and I have a brother that lives in D.C., so you know, I kind of have a, a couch I can sleep on anytime I want to head up that way. I hear you. So, Matt, where are you located? Um, central Illinois. So, oh, okay, know, about six hours north of you. Okay, not too far off of it. So, not quite yeah. Chicago. Right, um, about two and a half hours south of Chicago. So, two. I'm two hours from downtown St. Louis. My uh, my little nephew is going. He starts at um Southern Illinois. Yep, Carbondale. Yeah, he starts there in August. Yeah, Carbondale. Yep, he'll have some fun down there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope not too much fun. <laughs> yeah, well. You want me being honest with you, or uh... <laughs> I want the truth. I love the truth. I don't. I, I don't. I don't do anything but the honesty. I. I, I don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, just I've never never met somebody from uh, SIU Carbondale that that can't throw back. So <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all been everywhere. So if you had to say, look, this is where I'm going to play golf for the rest of my life. Where would you pick? What of course? just the a- of just the APT events that we've played, or anywhere no, any, anywhere that you've been, yeah. So I, I can answer that question. I'm going to let Matt see if he can drum that up. Are we talking about location or golf course? Golf course. Golf course. Man, that's really hard. I got to give you a couple and a couple of okay. different regions. I can give you, I can give you the why because I think that's really good because Jody and I are both actually uh, raiders with Golf Week magazine, and so we get asked a lot of these questions uh, when we look at a golf course. And so first, I have to go. The Bay Course at Kapalua. If I had to play, I had to pick one golf course to play every day for the rest of my life. I, I may go there, but a lot of it's scenery more than golf course. The yeah, golf yeah. course is really fun. There's some really good different holes. Um, that's always one of my favorites. From golf course, I'll stick with the APT. Um, uh, from a classic golf course, it's probably Pasatiempo in uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, we went there on a trip last fall to play up there it's uh the favorite golf course that alistair mckenzie ever designed um so he had his house there um if you know alistair mckenzie he designed a lot of really famous golf courses uh the most notable uh, being augusta national yeah um but he put his house on pasta tempo and the the green complexes around that place are some of the most fun um, to putt and to try to chip on and hit shots into that I, that I've ever played. Um, and so it's 6,600 yards from the back tees, which, you know, people, people like me, I'm a D one guy thinks a joke when you show up to the tees, but that thing brought me to my knees (laughs) playing out there so fast. It was so good. Um, when it comes to you know, pasta tempo is definitely up there. Um, Victoria national where we had the, the match play event, uh, just a great championship course. Uh, the Corn Ferry Tour has their tour championship every year. A um, lot of really great angles, um, and the back tees they can move. They can move a lot of holes, like sixty yards left or sixty yards right for the yeah. tee. And so every day can be something completely different. And uh, I really appreciate that value of things. Um, man, I'm trying to think where else <laughs> I want to go. Um, I asked you for one. Now you gave me three. So I'll give you, I'll give you, yeah, I know. The other one would probably be True Blue in Myrtle Beach is, is one of my favorite Blue. golf courses. It's a really good one. Underrated for sure. Really? Yeah. Jody's going to have a much better list. So I have to give you a few so he doesn't make fun of me later because he's been to so many, much, so many better golf courses that I've been to. Really? Yeah. I thought you was the one that was all over the world. I, I mean, oh, okay. I've traveled, but I haven't traveled like Jody's traveled. Uh, okay. What you got for me, Jody? Well, the, the highest rating I've given to any golf course ever uh, as, as a golf course rater with Golf Week was Cabot Cliffs in Nova Scotia. Um, there are two golf courses there. There's uh, Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs. And it, the Cliffs course is a core Crenshaw, uh, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw design. It sits on the northern coast of Cape Breton Island. Uh, that's part of Nova Scotia, and uh, on the strait across the the water from Prince Edward Island. Um, it's one of those routings that's it's six, six, and six. So there's six par threes, six par fours, and six par fives, mm-hmm. and it's just an absolute blast to play. It's gorgeous, um, and I don't even care that the weather is usually you know more Scottish than anything. It's uh, 
you know, usually 50s and 60s is is a, a nice sunny summer day there. So, um, but it's just just an absolute uh, heavenly place to be. I, I, I loved every single minute of it. Can't wait to go back. Um, beyond that, and, and I always hate to kind of drop these uh, golf courses overseas because not so many people have not been right able to do that, but. Uh, I had the good fortune uh, a couple of years ago of going to Scotland twice in the same year. Um, and we played both trips. We played a, a golf course called Ely Golf Club. Uh, and so you, you expect somebody to say the old course or Carnoustie or something like that, which they're all fantastic in their own right because of the history and everything there. And you know all the holes because you've seen them on TV. But Ely Golf Club, to me, it, you know, to – going back to the question you asked where if you had one place to play forever, the rest of your life, that is the place that I would choose. Um, it, it's the first hole tells you everything you need to know about the golf course. It, it, you're teeing off on a par five and about a hundred yards in front of the tee box is this big dune, you know, uh, grass covered dune. That's probably, I don't know, 30, 40 feet tall. <laughs> and right beside the tee box is a, a little starter house that has an actual submarine periscope in it from World War II, where you look in the periscope to see if anybody's in the in the fairway. Wow. The yeah. And it's it's just like that the rest of the way. It's quirky, it's it's old and classic. There's rock walls that you have to, you know, navigate around. There's blind tee shots. There's probably uh, a five hole stretch on the water. That's as pretty as anywhere that you'll ever play, uh, in the world. Um, and it's just, it's a vibe, you know, it's one of those places where you, you go and you just kind of feel it, that that's the place that you want to hang out. So those are probably the two I would say. And, and I can't, you know, Matt already took past the tempo, so I can't, I can't go on top of that. It's good. <laughs> I want to ask a follow-up question if I can though. I want to know now that we're, we asked this question when we were, you know, back in um, March when we we're on one of our lives, but I want to know now that we're like two thirds of the way through the season, like what's the top three courses you've played this year on the APT? Oh, You're wow. talking to, are you talking about Jody, right? Cause... APT only. Yeah. I want to see what Jody says here. This is interesting. A- APT only. Um, I'm going to throw Victoria national in there, even though I didn't get, playing the event you and i were playing this is so good it it, look man it's 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 tom fazio it it's the opposite of pasta tempo it's modern and man-made and in so many ways and and but it's beautiful and hard i mean it's like a a gorgeous supermodel that you know you have no chance of ever being you know (laughs) living with on a long-term relationship, like, par, you know it's going to hurt. It's, right. it's gorgeous, par, but you know it's going to hurt. The par threes there, man. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's nothing like it. Like standing on the tee in the back tee at 16. If you have to stand, like those guys that qualify for the PGA Tour via the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, and you get through 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 unscathed. Like I want to shake your freaking hand. <laughs> Right. Because the, I mean, the only hole that's even remotely gettable there is 15. After that, I mean, it's like 14. You got to hit this like high draw around this tree to a fairway that runs away from you. 
Um, if you hit it straight out through the right, there's this mound that's like what 30, 30 feet tall, and you can't even mm-hmm. see the green. You got like two fifteen hitting a slice out of thick rough around a mound to a green to tell. I mean, just no chance. You know, sixteen. You've got like five or six iron in your hand. If you're standing on that back tee, it's blowing and you've got to hit it in like an area that's like 12 foot wide, you know, and you're in these mounds where you can't feel the wind and there's literally no bailout. I mean, you put in that back, that back corner. Oh my gosh. And then 17 and 18 are more than all you want as par fours. And depending on where they put the tee, your, your line off the tee may be 50 yards different. Um, depending on if the tee's all the way right or if it's all the way left and, um, just really, really good golf. And so the guys that traveled there, I mean, yeah, definitely. Sorry, I'll shut up and give you, let you give your other two. <laughs> I just well, love no, talking about Victoria, you man. Hey, I, I see. I got to put this on my list for next year, man. Oh, absolutely. Victoria is definitely worthy of being on your list. Um, but I appreciate you going on a little bit because it gave me a chance to think about my the next course I would put on that list. And, and you and I did not play it, but we were working uh, this event, uh, and both of us had to walk the golf course because they wouldn't give us a cart to marshal or go put out tees or set anything. So we each had to walk the golf course to manually by hand put out all our tee markers and, and set the golf course up. And then Best go back out. I've ever rubbed, right? And then go back out again on foot to right. marshal pace of play, and then go back out again on foot to pick up all the team markers when no. we were done. Yeah, <laughs> oh we yeah, probably walked like twenty miles that day. I, it's so fun marshaling pace of play because like you get to a group that's behind and you're like, I haven't seen anybody for like twenty five minutes, man. You guys got to catch up. Right. So two two Sundays ago, I walked 27,000 steps in a day. Gosh. According to my phone. (laughs) So 27,000 steps, and that was at Whistling Straits. And enjoyed every second of it. I mean, it's just, uh, it's an incredible location, uh, sitting hard on Lake Michigan. And, um, you know, the weather was was great. It It was probably warm for up there. Those guys were probably thought it felt like Memphis. Uh, but people from the South, man, we were like, man, this is awesome. There's a breeze off the water and, and they're dying. You know, I can, I can stand in the shade and and not still sweat. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, whistling straight, that that's a Pete Dye golf course going to be hosting the the Ryder cup here in a few weeks. Uh, and we, our members had the luxury of playing it just seven weeks before the Ryder cup. There were already bleachers and grandstands going up all over the place. It was, it was very, very cool. A really, really cool place to go. Y'all got to tell me how y'all negotiate these deals. I don't know if y'all know the right people. Y'all got somebody spying on these folks getting, getting all their trash that, you know, all their girlfriends or something or what, man. I got to I got to know, man. Man, we can't tell you our secrets now. Come on. (laughs) So you telling me I got to hire me a PI. If it's a course I can't get to, I had to hire a PI so he can get some dirt on the the, the pro. <laughs> uh, look, man, it, Colonel Sanders didn't give out the secret <laughs> recipe. We're not doing the same thing here. <laughs> I hear you. I I, I, I can take that. <laughs> so, yeah. Let me tell you that I know the tour has been great. Y'all have exceeded your numbers. Um, so what has been the biggest hurdle though? Has there been a hurdle? I guess first. Oh, there's several hurdles, uh, and and you know Matt and I may have 
the hurdles are different. You know, you have some player hurdles that that new members have had to get over because they're used to something different mm-hmm. and coming over and getting used to new technology, whether that's the, the app and the live scoring and that sort of thing. Um, but then there's also, you know, chapter owners that are have been dealing with hurdles behind the scenes on what they had to deal with. Some of those are business hurdles. Some of them are, are technology hurdles. Um, but the biggest one for, I guess, Matt and I, um, I wonder if our answer is finding enough hours, uh, finding enough hours in the day to do everything that we need, <laughs> that we know we need to be doing. Right. My girlfriend just said work-life balance. That's, that's certainly true. You know, I, I I'd say the biggest thing that I thought was going to be a hurdle was the cost because it costs more to go to a whistling straights in July when the golf course is primed for the Ryder cup than it does at Memorial day when the golf course opened two weeks earlier, it's still reco- the greens are still recovering from their spring punch and you know what I mean? And the weather's not good yet. And so that was probably going into it. What we were worried about, because one of the things that we wanted to offer and elevate the player, elevating the player experience has a little bit more cost than, you know, than a lot of other tournaments. I thought that was going to be potentially uh inhibitor. And it really hasn't been because people are understanding the value of of really doing things when it's prime right um and so it's one thing to book tournaments when it's shoulder season and it's overseeded and you know and it's another thing to do it when the golf course is in its best shape um you know and you know having to focus on pace of play and things like that but um like i said i think the biggest hurdle for us is just it's expanded so fast and so you know we have a business plan that right now we're supposed to have nine or ten chapters we're working with where instead we're working with like 35. And so like today I was on the phone with a chapter owner, literally from nine 30, I stopped at 12, had lunch with a chapter owner. And then I was on the phone from like one to six 30 tonight. We're on a zoom call from seven and I still haven't got my work done for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's Monday and we've been talking to chapter owners and, and you know, we love it. And it's important to do what we're doing because we're building the relationships that we need to build with our chapter owners. So our chapter owners can have those relationships with their players. And, uh, you know, that's really key is it's all built. Everything in our business is built off relationships, right? Making sure you can't add value to people without a relationship. And so, um, so we certainly can't expect our chapter owners to add value to their members if we're not willing to add value to our chapter owners and to be there for them. And so it's certainly been a time commitment, um, but it's, it's been, it's been really fun. Um, I hope my girlfriend doesn't kill me, but <laughs> you know, November's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I tell my wife that all the time. Like, look, this is my season. Chill out. Let me do my season. And when October, November get here, Hey, you know, you can, we can, we, you know, the things go back to where they, where you want to be. Yeah. But Arthur, the problem is I can't tell her her seasons from November 1st to <laughs> November 7th. Like she's not going to buy that. <laughs> if you can make that work, you let us know how you did it. And then, you know, maybe then we'll share. We'll, some we'll teach you how to book golf courses. Golf course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I get you. Uh, hey. <laughs> How far in next year have y'all planned out? Have you planned out the whole schedule for next year? I know you can't give me everything, but I mean, I know you gave us some on the Facebook Live, man. And I let me let me say I, I appreciate that too. Like the the willingness to take time out of your evening and 
just to get on there and talk about like what's coming up, what's going on now, what's coming up, you know, so it it gets builds the interest in, in everything and keeps everybody going instead of like, because sometimes it gets, you know, sometimes it's two, three, four weeks in between some, some of the events or whatever. So, but you got this to look forward to. Now, y'all probably the only notification on my Facebook for me to know about, you know, because I can't stand with everything the dean. And it's like, I don't, I don't give a darn about Bobby Sue going live. I don't, I don't care nothing about that. I want to see the APT. Let's see what they're talking about today. And uh, you know, what's coming up, you know. And I and I really appreciate that from y'all, man. Well, I'll uh I'll tell you that our 2022 major schedule, uh, all the way through to our, our North American championship plural. Uh, championships um, is probably 80% locked down right now. Um, you know, we're, we, we have some contracts in place. We have some verbals in place that we're awaiting contracts. Uh, and then we have some other places that we're just, we're still in the beginning stages of trying to get dates and whatnot worked out. What we've tried to do, and I don't want to step on Matt's toes here because I know he gets super excited about talking about 22. Um, what we're trying to do as, as, as a group with our chapter owners is give them as much advance notice as possible what we're going to schedule next year and where we're going to be uh, and, and when so that they know, all right, this this holiday weekend, the APT National train is pulling in the station in the southeast. And so we need to not schedule anything around that while the West can do whatever they want to do and vice versa. So as we move around the country, then it opens up opportunities for the other chapters that aren't in that same vicinity to still do, you know, larger events if they want to, right. two-day events, whatever the case may be. So we're trying to give our, our chapter owners as much advance notice as possible so they can go ahead and get started on their scheduling as well. So go ahead, Matt. I know you're, sure. you're excited to talk no, about No, I was this. just saying, I do hold them my hand. I've got them turned upside down so you can't see them. <laughs> but I've got three no, contracts I'll, we signed last week, all that. with PGA Tour venues. Hey, man. Before he gets started, Matt Matt Mender is the Tom Holland of the APT. So Tom Holland that plays Super uh, or Spider Man in the Marvel comics, he is the worst about giving away spoilers and in <laughs> interviews. So Matt's Matt's that guy for us. So I'm I have a mute button here. I'm going to hog him if he gets to saying too much. No, no, I'm not. I'm not giving anything away just yet. Um, Obviously, last week we're excited. Couple game changing announcements. You know the the senior North American Championship and what we're going to do for the guys over fifty um, is is going to be very different than what you've seen in any other amateur golf tour. Um, for one membership, so guys that are fifty that want to play, they're going to be able to play on the senior side. They're going to be able to play on the regular side, have their own championship, and to be able to qualify to play in the senior championship, even if they're just playing open events, you know, so you larger chapters, um, Oh, sometimes they'll have more options for seniors. You know, we're looking into some things and, and not one to, to really completely let out of the bag, what we've got planned in St. Louis or some of our other chapters for, for that yet. But, you know, then you've got the smaller chapters that, you know, um, 
don't have enough guys to do a senior only event or, you know, senior divisions or, or whatnot, but those seniors are still going to be earning points to qualify to be the best senior in the APT. Just because you're in a market that doesn't have a, a big enough tour to do a bunch of extra stuff for seniors shouldn't mean that you can't, you know, qualify to compete on the national stage in, in your age bracket. But at the same time, you're going to be able to qualify and compete in the open as well. So um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for guys over 50 next year. It's going to be really good. Um, recapping, you know, what we talked about this last week. Um, also, we're going to have uh, what's called deposit balance technology in blue golf, and which is, which is going to be really good because not Absolutely. a lot of guys... You know, one of the the criticisms we heard with Whistling Straits, we opened it early in December. We got excited for six sixty five, um, which is a lot for a lot of guys to to of cash to put down. You know, um, and you know it's sold out in like a week and a half. So a lot of guys missed out on that opportunity, and and so we heard some feedback on that. We took it to heart, um, and you know we talked with with Blue Golf, and we actually went through kind of a, a little bit of a painful change this year with our, our credit card system in the middle of the the season. Um, that enabled us in 22 to enable some of these things. And so for our majors, we haven't got the percentage completely ironed out yet, but it's probably a 20% deposit um, to lock your spot in and then you're good. And then, you know, your credit card will get charged, say, two weeks before the event or, you know, we'll publish all that information. But it'll be really nice. So when you get some of these big majors, say you want to sign up for a really big major July 4th weekend, which, by the way, our major on July 4th weekend, you're going to want to sign up for. <laughs> I can promise you, you'll want to sign up for that. Um, people, uh, you know, you'll be able to get in for 20% down. And uh, and so that way, you'll be able to lock your spot, but your cash won't be tied up, you know, until, until the event gets around. And it's going to give everybody an opportunity to play. Um, the only thing I'll tell you, spoilers from events, I told you we signed three contracts at PGA Tour venues um, this last week. And to be honest, none of the three are the, my most excited of, of the majors <laughs> we booked. So when people ask me, tell me about the schedule. And I'm like, the only thing you need to know right now, if I were, if I were avid and trying to figure out where I wanted to go next year, you, you want to make sure you are free Super Bowl weekend, Memorial Day weekend, July 4th weekend, and Labor Day weekend. Can't go wrong with any of those. There's a ton of other. So every holiday weekend, there. we need to be free, right? The holiday weekends have got some really good events. So, um, so that's can't a hard one for me to say, oh, man. Doing, but those are there's going to be some good we've weekends. We've also we've also heard from some members too about you know trying to create some opportunities on non-holiday weekends. Uh, folks that you know they can't use all their family time or vacation time from work on those weekends. So you know we're we're going to have more opportunities. You know going back to this year uh, in October, November, when Matt and I put schedule together for 21, you know, we only have four majors. Uh, we added the fifth major for the senior uh, event that's coming up in Chattanooga in August. Um, we didn't have any clue how many members we were going to have or how many chapters we were going to have or where they were going to be. So it was really difficult for us to, you know, step out and book these big events at big venues without having any real assurances that we would have enough members to, to be able to do it. Um, you know, we had a guarantee at TPC San Antonio that was our first one out, out of the blocks. You know, we felt pretty good that Orange County National in January was going to be okay. As a two-man event, those are generally, um, you know, participation is pretty good there. 
Um, but the first single uh, event where your individual stroke play was TPC San Antonio in the first weekend in March. And we had no clue if we were going to, and really probably not even until maybe 10 days before the event were we really comfortable that, that it was going to sell out. Um, so because of all of that uncertainty, we didn't really have a full major schedule this year to offer. Um, certainly not when you consider that we're now at 3000 members, uh, with only five majors for them to choose from. So going into 22, we, we have been telling all of our chapter owners that we're going to dramatically increase the number of majors, uh, available on the schedule to give everybody ample opportunity to go out and earn those major points. Um, you know, if you're, if you're chasing that player, national player of the year or your local player of the year race. Um, you, you want to have an opportunity to be able to play in majors to get those points and, and they need to be at, you know, different times of year, different locations around the country and at different price points. So everybody has accessibility to be able to have that opportunity. So that's what we're trying to do, trying to deliver, uh, enough variety so that, that everybody feels like they have ample opportunity to get in there and, and have a shot at, at winning one of those majors. Right. I think it's funny adding to what you said, how we were so scared about guaranteeing 120 players at TPC San Antonio. Like, do you realize that was only like five months ago? Yeah. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, how did how many was that San Antonio? 120. Yeah. Okay. 120 yeah. sell out. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to get to Western Straits, but I couldn't pass up San Antonio. I was like, uh, Western Straits will still be there, but it wasn't. <laughs> It when it was it was closed quickly, you know, they just sold out. But you know, um I, I mean it's it is what it is. But those courses are nice, man. I I love San Antonio, you know, just to see the course, the green with the bunker in the middle of it. It was like, man, this I've seen this on TV, but then actually to see it on TV again, like three weeks later, it's like I was just there, you know. Right. So what were you it saying when speech? Yeah, when Spieth was sitting in the fairway at 18 talking about going for the green, he goes, if I hit three woods, six isn't in play, right? I'm going, what in the world are you talking about, dude? <laughs> six is in play, seven's in play, eight's in play, nine's in play. I mean, heck, Jody made a 10 there. So <laughs> True. <laughs> True. But it's, it's interesting because you watch the tournament, right? And you see like hole 18 is a great example. Because you get there and you watch you watch that hole and everything you think about that hole is the green complex, right? That second right. shot to that narrow green right. with the creek running up. Right. Like, man, that tee shot, like, where do you hit it? Right. You, you yeah. get to that tee, I'm like, because they're always on TV, you're like, yeah, the tee shot's really easy. This hole's all about the second shot. Then you get to the tee and you're like, I can't see the fairway, but I think over there is bad. <laughs> yeah. All you can see, all you can see from that tee box, and we're not even playing from the tee that they play from. Right, right. they're fifty year, fifty yards behind where we play from, where we're standing. All you can see is a, the left third of the fairway, and so you're sitting there thinking, "Gosh, I got to hit this big cut around these trees that are blocking the right half of the fairway." And then you do that and you realize, well, now I'm in the right trees <laughs> hitting out of the cactus on my way to a 10. But, but those guys, I mean, they're so good They're, I mean, you know, everybody in, in, in our field to, for the most part struggled. I mean, even our division one guys had a really hard time 
and it just is a testament to how good those guys really are. I mean, yeah. three weeks later, watching them on TV, just, you know, shoot 17, 18, 19 under over four days. And you're just like, this is, those guys are playing a completely different golf course than I play. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed part one of our conversation with Matt Mender and Jody Barrett, the co-owners of the Amateur Players Tour. Please like, subscribe, and follow the podcast. Thank you again for all the comments the positive feedback we've been getting thank you again for listening